0: Hi and welcome to Knowledge Counts, a podcast of the Canadian Institute of Quantity Surveyors. I'm Wendy Hobbs. Today we're talking to Diane Lee about smart building technology. Diane, what are we talking about when we talk about smart buildings?
1: Well, that's a very great question. I could go into many different avenues when it comes to this topic. I would perhaps pitch it in such a way that it is the utilization of the latest technology that could enhance or optimize your day-to-day function in in your in your job or in your business i think um specifically more for the Purpose of the CIQS and and sort of the members that make up this organization. Um, I think you know first and foremost costs come to mind and sort of you know scope of work and risk. Right. So when it comes to smart building technology, it's very exciting to talk about the the cool aspects of it, of the features and benefits of the technology. But then equally as much, I you know there's there needs to be emphasis around: Do you even know what you're actually looking for as far as the, the intended use of the technology and what is the correct application and what are you actually doing with the data? How does that data um, you know, get extracted or utilized for future reporting?
0: What kind of data are we talking about when we talk about a building collecting data?
1: So data could mean many things. So depending, again, um, as I mentioned earlier about the the type of application and the intended use of smart building technology. So when it comes to, you know, it could be utilized purely for construction or on the FMO aspect for um, the operations side, right? So when we're talking about the operations side, um, that goes into many benefits, such as key features, such as asset management, predictive maintenance, fault detection and diagnostics benchmarking and performance metrics um, against your life cycle model to um, to further enhance capital planning, as well as um, making sure that you have the sufficient funds allocated for the critical capital type of projects out there.
0: How do you decide what kind of data you want and how do you decide how you want to collect it?
1: Planning is is you know a great start. It it really depends on the stage of you know where the project is at. There are very many different approaches, whether if it's a, you know at a pursuit level, it's a new build, or if it's an existing facility. Um, so it really again depends on the nature and scope of the, the project. But if we're talking about um, you know a new design build or a new project, the earlier the better. When you're assembling your consultant team, it's important to make sure you have you know the key team members, the subject matter experts, you know, a key individual from the operations side of the business as well as development to further understand and mitigating around the costs and risks around the scope
0: of work as it becomes uh, further defined. Obviously, there's a cost associated with putting in the data collection systems, but what's the cost benefit of having those systems? The cost
1: benefits in data related to smart building technology really has the biggest impact when it comes to um, the operation side or the FMO side, right? Um, So, you know, as mentioned earlier, when we talked about asset management, you know, what does that actually mean? Um, You know, if there's a life cycle model, you know, again, when we're talking about benchmarking and performance metrics, being able to really focus or zero in on key data to further interpret whether if you're on track or there seems to be um, an upward trend of um, unnecessary costs that may have been spent and would prompt further investigation of either a building system or the way it's structured as well as maintenance costs and the maintenance tasks related to to critical uh, major building systems.
0: You can keep track of data without technology and that's likely less expensive so what does a smart building bring to offset those costs?
1: Yeah so with with smart building technology you know one of the, the the I guess I don't want to say the easiest or the quickest realized benefit in uh, when it comes to maintenance from redirecting from your traditional method of of a, of a manual approach or um, a basic uh, system, whether if it's just you know requiring day-to-day human um, intervention to manually record. It enhances the resourcing and planning of of predictive maintenance as well as your maintenance tasks. Um, as well as um, utilizing and optimizing the resources you have for working hours applied to your assets, right? So when you utilize that data, you have that finger on the pulse approach where it gives you that insight to say, hey, you know what? I can actually now complete this task faster or less frequent, or I may not actually require two people to perform the task, it only requires one. So that frees up some resources and then that allows me to best utilize them for other more critical, much needed tasks that may be falling on the on the back burner. So another key benefit is tracking the costs around operational and maintenance costs, right? So. Sometimes, especially in today's market with the the influx or the um, cost of inflation or due to long lead times, um, depending on the sector or the building that uh, you're you're managing, uh, especially with a healthcare facility, it's very important to make sure that you have all your critical spare parts um, and make sure that, you know, you utilize that data to say, hey, okay, I'm out of this, and right now it's trending about six months to replace this because it comes from a, you know, outside of this country. So it prompts me to make sure that I have contingencies in place and that I do order this and gives you a more proactive approach.
0: When planning a smart building, how should people approach the technology?
1: Yeah, so with with utilizing technology, you know, um, you know, tracking and reporting is, you know, are the key fundamental functions of, of any software or application when it comes to smart building technology. It's almost better to take a step back and understand the technology that's offered out there, the, so- the many software applications, and then to tailor it to the, your building specific needs. So by utilizing that data, you know how it's extracted and stored is also key in understanding what are you actually using that data for right so when it comes to selecting that software and saying you know these are the benefits in tracking it really you could definitely go down a deep dive with any software vendor and go through how it's tracked to what level of detail and information and then to bring it to full circle to say well I don't it's great that I have all this tracked but what am I actually utilizing this information for. So to set those parameters up within the the software application to say, okay, to really meet the needs of this building, I have this program set up to extract this ter- certain type of data when it comes to my assets. I can set up the frequency of the reporting to further enhance either my resourcing and planning for the maintenance day to day, or that also complements your quarterly or annual capital planning budgets and operating costs. It really depends on the needs and how you want to utilize that technology and and how the data is extracted.
0: What's the process of selecting and planning the software?
1: We're kind of talking about planning again, as far as, you know, again, the selection, the application, the who, what and how um, the data is collected and who, who interprets it. Right. To me, it's, it's what's key is having that smart building strategy whether if uh, you have a sophisticated group internal or you engage a consultant or a provider that um, has that proven track record to meet the needs of your facility or your new project, right? Early engagement is key as far as developing that smart building strategy. And, you know, it's, it's perfectly okay if clients do not have all the necessary information and they may not fully define what they want. And that is the point of early engagement, but, um, as much as it's great to have that um, discussion at the table with many stakeholders, it, it's equally important to actually document and refine and track um, as decisions are being made, right? So as decisions are being made or or requirements are being further defined or formalized, um, my recommendation would be to make sure that you have a bit of a risk register um, to go in parallel when you are planning in advance to say, hey, these are all the great, cool features and benefits, but, you know, let's let's talk about risk as well. So when we're planning and we're determining, you know, the appropriate application, especially from a cost and risk standpoint, I think it's important to also understand what is your contract, right? When we're talking about projects with, you know, the big P3 models, right, when you're dealing with a health authority, for an example, it's important to understand your contract, understand the clauses as far as the privacy of information, how that information is shared, and, you know, on the energy management side of things. That's a good example as far as, you know, if there's a pain share, gain share clause, you know, how does that actually, how does that information actually get shared and distributed to your client, right? Um, You know, are you obligated to share 100% of that information? Do we want to maintain full transparency? And are there any risk implications if, if you share too much, perhaps?
0: Can you have too much data? 100%.
1: Yes, there is such thing as collecting too much data, and um, I would say that that's probably one of the sh- um, the, the shortfalls of, of going into the smart building technology market and selecting a software without really thinking about what you want to do with it. And unfortunately, you end up with an end product that, you know, unfortunately useless you you have a system where it perhaps may be too sophisticated that um, you don't have the necessary resources to interpret the the real-time data um, or the data is too much and is non-critical and it doesn't meet the needs of running a certain facility. So I go back to healthcare specifically because um you know my previous experience is more around that sector. You know the variation in in understanding the requirements between healthcare or commercial or industrial, they all have different ne- unique needs. So when we're talking about a healthcare facility, does the operators or do the operations team need to to see what the the trends are for for every hot and cold complaint on a per room basis? Um, No, but if you ask the appropriate question, similar to my answer, the right question would be, what are the important end-use spaces or type classification of rooms do you actually need the data for, right? So if you have uh, critical spaces like your operating rooms, you're gonna need that information. But you're not going to need it from a gift shop down at the at the hospital, for an example.
0: We've been talking a lot about healthcare buildings as an example. What would you tell a government official are the most important data points in those buildings?
1: To better understand on the the client side or if it's a government type of project, Um, Again, it goes back to the contract. The contracts are becoming more and more sophisticated as far as outlining the requirements of what information they have the right to request for or may require the vendor or or the service provider to disclose at any given time. So that data isn't necessarily the same type of information that on the FMO side that they would expect to see and utilize, but a few areas that come to mind would be the energy, building performance that's a big one um tracking the the performance um, against the cost of utilities data that's another one Um, as well as um, the serviceability side of things right so again when we're talking about the critical spaces you know when we're when we're finding ourselves in an environment or a contract that penalties or deductions apply due to you know non-serviceability then that's information that someone like the government or the the local health authority would require as far as requiring the information to perform their own audit
0: of the data that is being collected or mutually collected. We've talked a lot about output, but what does input look like on a smart building?
1: So we talked a lot around the output of what happens with the data, what do we do with the data, and all the features and benefits around that, right? So when we're talking about the input or what makes up the data or where this data originates from, That's a great question because that can come from multiple systems, and that is a whole other scope or aspect of of this industry. So that is more related around the building integration platform or systems. So that is where, again, through early engagement, you need to sit down with the client and understand, okay, so your building consists of a fire alarm system, emergency power systems, HVAC systems, security, Um, your building automation system, and then, you know, when you go into talking about healthcare, then there's all your med gas, pneumatic system, tube systems, and so forth, and nurse call. Then you break down each system, and you really need to seek input from the client and understand in furthering defining or understanding their technical outline specifications, right? What is permitted as far as integration, and what type of level of detail or data can be extracted, and what does that network security look like? that is very important it's 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 the not as exciting part of the discussion but from a risk standpoint it is very it's becoming more and more on the forefront because when you're talking about cybersecurity and you know the attacks that happen with large corporations it impacts your insurance right so to really bring it to full circle in understanding not only what you're doing with this technology but how are you protected if you have multiple systems integrated and how that data is pulled the frequency how it's stored whether if it's manual or a cloud-based system is that network that it, that information is on is it protected? And can it be shared between the client and the service provider? Sometimes, depending on the the level of rigor when it comes to risk and the client or the, the suitability of security and the project requirements, um, these systems may not necessarily be permitted to reside on the same uh, network as the client, right? That's also important. So going back to having that smart building tech, uh, strategy and early engagement, and having your, your subject matter experts as well as you know, engaging you know, consultants that have done this before. Very vital in understanding how this all comes together and perhaps identifying key indicators as you progress in the phases of your project to revisit and say, is this really working for us? Or now that we've developed you know, up to schematic design, we're now understanding a bigger picture of how this data is now being pulled so before it's implemented, here's another
0: checkpoint to say, is this the right approach or should we pivot? How do you protect the data from the risk of cyber attack?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we see it on the news. It happens to, you know, no business is exempt from being, becoming a victim of, a, of a, you know, a cyber attack, right? Really, again, it comes to the value of that information, um, you know, and are you prepared to, unfortunately, you know, sometimes there's the demand for, for ransom to get your data back but, you know, there's risks associated with, you know, proceeding down that path, right? So um, it goes back to, again, mitigating these types of major risks and what does that look like and are you willing to give up that information and, and assume you will never be able to retrieve it back, right? And if so, how does that impact your business and everybody involved? you know it's definitely very tricky when it comes to again I'll touch on healthcare or even the oil and gas industry as well that information is proprietary it's 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 protecting the privacy of clients patients um the staff you know um so you really have to think about not only just the the technology aspect of when we're talking about risk and assessment but also the human aspect of how does that impact the people that form this organization or pay into this organization.
0: How can we make an existing building smart?
1: So planning around um, when, when we're utilizing smart building technology for asset management. So that's a great, you know, topic of discussion when it comes to whether if it's an existing facility or a new project. But on the new project, new construction side, um, you know, it, it's a breakdown of the various scopes that would be involved that dovetails into the overall goals of utilizing smart building technology for asset management. Key scopes that come to mind would be your BIM modeling or the level of detail or information, how that information is populated and to what level of detail um, of each asset is is necessarily required and how does that get pulled um, or integrate it with the smart building technology or the software platform. Another scope that would be important is on the asset register side of, of um, early engagement through through the building modeling um, and planning. Being able to work with your con- construction team, being very clear upfront with the requirements of everybody's role in populating that data early on. Um, when we're talking about assets such as your major equipment, you know, it's not so much, you know, having the your mechanical contractor uh, just send over a copy of the equipment spec down the line for somebody else to extract that, right? So they've got to do something as well before that information is sent over to the next person responsible in contributing to the overall goal of asset management, and how that data is populated, right? And then the history around the assets is also very important. So, you know, commissioning, is, is a great area that uh, I think a lot of our construction industry professionals are very familiar with, and it definitely has a direct impact on the successful operation of these assets. So really knowing the history from the minute that major air handling unit leaves the factory, knowing all the, the necessary information as far as the performance data for the equipment, um, leading up to upon delivery, when it was started up, you know, what were what were the readings and how was that tested and validated at the time? What were the issues? How were those issues resolved? Was that all fully account, you know, transparent and accounted for? That information is very key and vital because when you're going into your first year of operations or ongoing op- um, operations into your first, second, or third, or fifth year, it gives you that historical background to troubleshoot and to, again, reduce the, the traditional way of working hours applied to maintaining and um, repairing assets.
0: Thanks to Diane Lee for talking with us today about smart building technology. For Knowledge Counts, I'm Wendy Hobbs.